Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Tolkien TV Talk, the podcast where three hobbits keep you informed on everything you need to know about the upcoming Lord of the Rings Amazon series. I'm Tim, and with me today is neither of my hyped hobbits, but returning guest Mary. How are you today? I am doing great. Excellent. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. We left off talking about the similar episode. Exactly. The Silmarillion. I have a really hard time with those syllables put together in that way. He's like looking at the book. I have to look at the book. The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien, edited by Christopher Tolkien. Um we are breaking down the Silmarillion because it is hella dense. And so we are. <laughs> to put it blunt. Yes. So we are. So so we have commissioned Mary to come in and teach us about it. And last episode, if you could do like a two minute like summation of where we were last episode. Okay. What did we cover? That's a lot to ask of me. Two minutes. Yeah, okay, it could be 30 seconds. Jeez, like, I'm Italian. I can't keep it to two minutes. Okay, 30 yeah. seconds. Oh keep God. it shorter. I'll make, okay. it, I'll make it harder <laughs> on you. Harder on me. Okay, Eru, Iluvatar, God, creates the Ainur, the Lesser Guards, also known as the Valar. There's 14 of them. We won't go through all of their names. They create Arda, the Earth. They each have a job in Arda, the Earth. We've got the Maiar, who are spirits who exist under the Valar. Uh, best known are Gandalf and Sauron. And like, technically, then it would also like Saruman and Radagast. They're yeah. all they're also well known. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Okay. Um, but in the in the book, he's like the best known are these three, and like he lists these. Three. He doesn't even mention Saruman at all or Radagast. He t- what a loser! Well, yeah. Radagast isn't really a. Big... I like I like Radagast. I I know it's because he likes birds. It's because he likes birds. That's why you like Radagast. Yeah. I mean, he's fun and everything, but he's not. He's not Saruman. He's not. You know, he's not Gandalf. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. just in level of importance. I mean, the blues, they don't even get names, you know. So anyway, continue. We're going to add another 30 seconds. You're, nope, your time's running out. <laughs> Go <laughs> <on>. <laughs> um, So now I lost my group, threw off my group. Um, the Maiar. Yeah, okay. So Melkor, a.k.a. Morgoth, was a Valar, got booted out because everybody was sick of his uh, his stuff that he was doing. Um the Valar that are living in Valinor create the space. They create Middle Earth. Uh, they, the elves are awakened, um, and the Valar and Melkor are constantly battling all the time. Melkor gets imprisoned by the Valar because they lay siege to his fortress at Utumno. Tim really likes the name Utumno. Um, and they imprison him. The Valar tell. The elves, hey, you should come back to Valinor because it's not safe here in Middle-earth. We just want you to come home because we love you so much. But the elves are like, no way, you're scary because we saw you fight Melkor, so we really don't want to go with you. But the Valar are like, no, really, we're nice. Um, So they invite three elves to go to Valinor as ambassadors so they can go home and tell everybody Mm -hmm. it's awesome. So they are Ingwe, Finwe, and Elwe. Um, No way. No way. Yes way. The three ways. Um, So we have a sundering of elves. So we have all of Ingwe's kindred, most of 
Finway and Elway's kindred go without hesitation to Valinor. They are known as the Eldar. And then we have the people who just procrastinate and say, no, we're not coming. They are the Avari. The last thing we covered in the last episode were the three hosts of the Eldar. So there are three significant groups of Eldar who do different things uh, on their way to Valinor. Mm -hmm. uh, the Vanyar are the fair elves. They're led by Ingwe. They just go. No problemo. The Noldor, or the Deep Elves, are led by Finway, and the Teleri, or the Sea Elves, are led by Elway. And what the Teleri do is they procrastinate along the way. They get kind of distracted. Elway falls in love with Melion, who is a Maya, and he stays in Middle-earth. They give birth to Luthien, which mm -hmm. we'll talk about Luthien um, later on. Um, so, actually, we didn't mention this later on, but um, Elway... Stays behind, he hangs out with his new wife, and he sends his brother Alway to take care of the rest of the sea elves or the Teleri. Um, so they they end up by getting there. It just takes them a lot longer. Okay. Uh, so that was where we left off. That was way more than thirty seconds. That's okay. It's like all of Tolkien's works, it's I, way longer. It's like the most. <laughs> it's the most challenging thing. That would make a great game show. Try to summarize this Tolkien scene. In 30 seconds. Good luck. Um, okay. So now we're getting into really this, this like heavy elf history. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of people with names that start with the letter F. Okay. Um, it's okay. I found a family tree, so I want to follow you. Okay. <laughs> follow the bouncing ball along the family tree. Um, so we have Finway. Finway led the Noldor, the Deep Elves. Um, so we're going to focus mostly on his family tree right now. Okay. Uh, so Finway has three sons. Feanor, uh, who we're going to hear a lot about, Fingolfin, and Finarfin. So Finarfin and Fingolfin are true brothers. Feanor is a half-brother yep. to them. So Finway had two wives. Uh, so there's already some tension right there with half-brothers, whatever. You're going to say something? No, I'm just, I, I found the place on okay. the family tree. He inhaled as if he was going to say. <laughs> I have nothing I'm to just say. Just breathing. Just breathing, okay. Uh, so Finway, with his three sons, Feanor, Fingolfin, Finarfin. Uh, we won't go through all of the sons and daughters of those three uh, sons, but... Maedros, Kelagorm, Amrod, Amris. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Kurufin. Great. It's yeah. great, yeah. So Feanor has seven sons. Um, with only one? with only one of his wives, though, right? The yeah. other the other wife, Matan, she she doesn't get anything. What he has multiple wives. Now I gotta look back at the family tree. Uh, maybe I have that wrong. I, I oh know. no, never mind. I'm <laughs> never mind. Feanor, Nerd Nerdinel, yeah, Nerd yeah, Nerdinel, um, has a little line to Matan, but I don't know. Who that's supposed to be. If that is at all. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. This is going to sound really bad, but I usually don't pay too much attention to the wives. Because <laughs> they're well, kind of just there. That's typical Tolkien, though. Yeah, there's like yeah. this. It's mostly it's mostly sausage fish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's there's, not a, there's like a few women that we'll talk about that are really cool. But the thing is, like, so there's mostly men, but all of his women characters that are prominent women characters are, are super important. They're awesome, and they're really cool. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, it's, at this point, like if we're looking at spark notes of of the Silmarillion, it doesn't really matter uh, the wives' names um, unless he like really makes a big deal out of them, and then then there's a there's a bigger part to play. Okay. Uh, so Feanor has seven sons. Fingolfin has um, two sons and a daughter. Um, a red hell. A red. A red. A red hell. It's it's really. There's a pronunciation guide also, in case you're wondering, um, and really want to pronounce everything super correctly, there is a pronunciation guide at the back of the Silmarillion in the appendix. Oh, really? Yeah, it tells you how the letters, like if you've got like a couple letters together, there's different ways of Oh, yeah, I see. Them, and I, can't I see. You found it? Yep. A-I has the sound of the English I, thus the second syllable of... A dine is like the English dine, not Dane. E D A I N E dine. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, Ed, if we're looking at a D H, is always used to represent the sound of a voiced soft T H in English. That is the T H in then, not the T H in thin. So, Arethel, 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 Arethel. Yeah. Arethel. Okay. Interesting. Okay, so it's, it's not pretty. a red hell. <laughs> a red hell. Her hair's not even red. Right. No, I don't know. Arethel. Okay. That's that's much prettier. It's much prettier. Uh, so, okay, so Fingolfin's got the two sons and his daughter. Finarfin has four sons and a daughter, Galadriel. So this is where Galadriel Boom! Is. There yeah. she is. Yeah. I see So her. she is uh, Feanor's niece. Half-niece. Okay. Okay, I get what you're lying down. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, cool, cool. Laying down, not lying down. You're not lying down. No, I'm sitting in a comfy chair. I feel like FDR with like the fireside chats. Like I'm just <laughs> sitting in this chair, with my book and my glasses. I'll keep a couple of jokes to myself. Continue. Okay. Thank you. Um, where was I? I don't know. You're talking about FDR. <laughs> FDR just made his way. Into this podcast. Well, we were just talking about FDR yesterday, so I was I had like Eleanor jokes. But, oh, uh, that's right. That's yeah, right, that's right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so we have the line of Finway. There's a lot of people involved, and most of their names begin with the letter F. Um, so within all this time, so Finway has his sons. All these people, all the elves are multiplying. Uh, Melkor sits down with the Valar and says, "Oh, I'm really sorry." I didn't mean it, you know, like, I just, I'm just sorry. You Can you let me go? Because I promise I won't do anything again. I'll just stay out of your hair. So the Valar are really nice, and they let him go. Um, <laughs> a bunch of losers. Dun, dun, dun. I'm like, really sorry. Uh -huh. Bad idea. Bad idea. Really bad idea. Um, so just keep that in mind. Melkor is on the loose. He's doing his thing. Um, so Feanor is basically our most important character in this whole uh, mess of characters that we're, that we're talking about here. Feanor creates the Silmarils. Okay. Finally, oh, okay. we're here with something that is related to the title. Which one's it? Feanor? The one with all the children. Yes. He has okay. seven sons. Father Feanor had seven sons. Seven sons had Father Feanor. Feanor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Feanor makes the Silmarils. And the Silmarils are these jewels that contain the light of the two trees. So we talked about the two trees in Valinor, Telperion and Laurelin. They're silver and gold. They're so radiant. It's so beautiful. Do, do, and do, do, he do, do, sees these trees do, 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 and he... 
Do, 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 do. Okay, I'm imagining Feanor as a big snowman now. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got the light of the trees of Valinor because they, they're these elves. They see the beauty of Valinor. They're so impressed by it, and they're like, "We just want to immortalize this forever and just create things." The elves are so creative. They're so crafty. They're learning all these things. Um, there's like pages and pages of. Of Tolkien just describing how the the elves are like honing their craft and learning how to create beautiful things out of gold and metals and jewels and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. they're like super talented. Um it's just kind of contributing to the the beauty of of the time that that they're having in Valinor. So he makes the Silmarils. Everybody loves them. Melkor says, "I want those. They're shiny." Um <laughs> Basically, basically, he wants them so he can just wreak havoc um, and, and just steal something that's beautiful and good. Uh, so, go let's, yeah. okay, so back up. What, what if so? If he let's say whoever has them, mm-hmm. what are they capable of doing? Nothing. Can they control time and space? No. Like, do they time travel? Like, no. what? No, they they, they, they don't do shoot nothing. a magic plasma beam out of them. No, they just exist. Correct. They contain the light of Valinor, which in itself is like power. It's a power, you know, it's this this good power. Yep. Um but they're they're not like the rings, like the magic rings that make you invisible and give you power. Right, and, the rings do something. Yes, yes. The rings actually have a purpose. Um but the The Cimarils don't. They do nothing. I I really don't know they're just shiny. I don't okay. <laughs> and beautiful. And I think it's kind of like it's a sim. It's, it's a symbolic, symbolic, yeah. Of him, ta- yeah. His reason for taking them, it feels, is more symbolic. It's like a morale dampener, yeah. If he has them, yeah. And they become, they end up becoming like the source of of all strife in this world is because of the Silmarils and the battles and all the violence that happens around them. So it's really like I think it's Tolkien kind of talking about human greed and and just how this greed and this thirst for control and power mm. is really going to cause issues um, mm. for humanity in general. So I think it's more symbolic in that sense than, than just like, this is, this is going to give me like cool things. Unlimited cool. power. Unlimited yeah. power. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It's just, it's more symbolic of, of the dangers of succumbing to greed and. Gotcha need for control and, and just okay like, that yeah. makes sense yeah so it's kind of it's it's interesting when you read it i'm not doing it justice because he really writes it so beautifully and and so poetically that, it, that you get it when you read it but he does i'll 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 uh do it right here but new tidings were at hand which none in middle earth had foreseen neither morgoth in his pits near melalian nor menegroth for no news came out of Amman, whether by messenger or by spirit or by vision and dream, after the death of the trees. In this same time, Feanor came over the sea in the white ships of the Teleri, and landed in the first in the Firth of Jengist, and were burned the ships of Lothscar. Actually, I was that was pretty close actually to what's happening. No, it's not. Oh well, it could have been. Sort of. You're actually jumping ahead. I know. I, I Oh, of the Cimbarils, I have it right here. Oh, there's a whole chapter on it, you say? Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, now, so now I see high prices, and thus the Valinor were aware of things. In those days, they did stuff, 
and blah, blah, blah. And Melkor did some things with the trees. Ah, don't and, talk about that yet. And then, oh, no, I'm just I'm just finding random words okay. on the page. <laughs> so I have no Melkor, idea. Melkor, tree, the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it. it's like I'm reading it. <laughs> All right, continue. Uh, okay, so Feanor makes the Silverills. Melkor is lusting after them. That's actually like the words that he's he uses that exact word. They're lusting. Take a, take a chill pill, Morgoth. Yeah, like he, that's how much he wants them. Um, so what Melkor does is he goes around and he tells the elves about men. Like these are the people who are coming after this is what's going to happen more and, not such a gossip yeah and the valar haven't told you about this yet have they hmm i wonder why they haven't done that and he breaks the trust between the elves and the valar so he's laying this trap and spinning this web of of lies to the elves to turn them against the valar is so he, is he lying well, he's, he's not like he's lying, but he, he is and he isn't. So he's like trying to get the elves to real think that the Valar don't care about them. Gotcha. And that's a lie. Yes. That's the lie. But like, but him like, oh, they haven't told you about men and stuff. And all that, like all that's true, though. So. Yeah. But it's the yeah. way he's spinning it. Sure. Okay. Trying to, he, it's, it's the motive behind it. He's not just saying, hey, they didn't tell you. He's saying, they didn't tell you. I, don't I know. wonder why. Seems like a guy I can get behind Morgoth's. 20, 2021, let's yeah. let's go, or whatever it is. 20, yeah. 2020? No. 2021. 21. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's 21. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, in the first age. In the first, so yeah. if we're off by a little bit, it's okay. It's okay. Um, so the trust is broken. So this is another kind of, I, I see this as a nod to the Garden of Eden. You know, So the Garden of Eden is, is sundered right. by the serpent who's, you know, mm-hmm. Trapping Eve yes. and saying, "Why hiss, would hiss, God hiss, not hiss, let you eat the fruit?" Hiss, 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 hiss. hiss. Right. Exactly. Stop hitting in my ear. Yeah. <laughs> so, hiss. Um, ten points if you if you get that reference. Yeah, with that, those ten points don't go to anything, but you get them for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Everything's made up, and the points don't matter. Um, <laughs> the Silmarillion. So Melkor spreads discord amongst the Noldor. Tells them. To make weapons. So there were no weapons in existence. So he's saying you should really use your craft to create weapons and, mm. and um, you know. And do some stuff do with Do some them. stuff. Ooh. Um, and they're like, what's a weapon? He's what's like, a weapon? Ugh. It's a pointy thing. What's a pointy thing? Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. This, we're going to be here forever. So they create all these cool swords and things like that. Uh, and what Melkor ends up by doing is he actually kills Finway. <gasps> Fenway. Fenway. So he kills Feanor's father. Feanor is hopping mad, very upset. Um, he lashes out. He's like goes to the Valar and he's saying, "You guys stink. I'm really upset." Blah blah blah. Um, so he's banished. He's he's like, "I just want to go back to Middle Earth. I don't care about being here." And they say, "Fine, go get out of here." Um, so he leaves. He sa- he says he's gonna go. So he gets banished from... So when I say he gets banished, it doesn't mean that he's banished from Valinor as a whole. There's little regions within Valinor. So mm-hmm. there's places where the elves are living and whatnot. They have little cities and stuff. He's banished from that section. Gotcha. Like, so he, he's just kicked out to another piece of land in Valinor. Gotcha. Um, in the West. But he's just he's still like hopping mad, plotting to go back to um, Middle-earth. It's in the back of his mind. Gotcha. So Melkor... 
makes friends with Ungoliant, the giant spider. Mm-hmm. Um, they're best buds. And Ungoliant is um, is the mother of all the giant spiders. All of the giant spiders. Yeah, so, that I think I knew. So yeah. in The Lord of the Rings, if we're going to make another reference, Kirth Ungol, mm-hmm. which is the stairs that the, the which are the stairs yep. that mm-hmm. lead up to Shelob's lair. It it's a direct reference to Ungoliant. Okay, because Kirith means stairway or oh, pathway. Or something. Okay, yeah, so it's Kirith Ungol, the stairs of, of Ungoliant. Ungol. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. very cool. Okay. Fun fact: uh, you can also find a lot of the translations in the appendix if mm-hmm. you're ever looking for any sort of like. I wonder what that means. It, all the it's names probably in there. Yes. Yeah. If it's not, it's a something's happened. Yeah. It's true. He was very meticulous. And it makes sense, too. Like, Minas Tirith. Tirith, I think, means stone. And Minas is a tower. So it's like, mm-hmm. stone tower. Oh, that makes sense. Well, I get it. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, though. I don't, don't quote me on that. Um, quotation mark. Quotation mark. Okay, continue. Okay. So, Melkor and Ungoliant tag team. And they kill the trees. <gasps> oh, the no. Two trees. This is like the saddest part of the Silmarillion for me because... Because the trees are the dead. Trees. <laughs> so I, All these people are dead. And you're like, oh, the yeah, that's sad. But the two trees are dead. And you're like, but, but, but the trees. But the trees are, are a huge source of happiness and life for, for everybody there. So it's, it's a real, it's, it's really a huge blow to everyone living in Valinor. Um, so when they kill the trees on Goliath, it's actually really disgusting the way he describes it. She goes and she like bites the trees with her creepy spider pincers and mm-hmm. she sucks the life out of them. She sucks the light out hmm. of the trees until she's like ready to burst. She's just, she's disgusting. Like she, she swells into this giant spider, but she's still like thirsty for more light and wants to suck all the light out of the world. Um, so Melkor's like, don't worry, I'll get you some more light to suck eventually. Um, <laughs> but, but you're fine for now. Just, just be content with the trees. So they end up by stealing the Silmarils on top of it. So this is the big issue because the light of the trees was so important um, to everybody in Valinor. And when they're stealing the Silmarils, there's that literally the last shred of the beauty of Valinor that's left. Because Yavanna tries to heal the trees. Uh, Nienna, I think, is the other is the other Valar. I think Nienna is her name. She tries to water them. Oh, I actually found the I found the bit that you were talking. I actually found yeah. the bit that you were talking about. about. I'll, I'll read it. Oh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. In that very hour, Melkor and Ungoliant came hastening over the fields of Valinor, as the shadow of the black cloud upon the wind fleets over the sunlit earth, and they came before the green mound, Ezel, uh, Ezelhar. As Azelha, Azelohar. Azelohar. There yeah. it is. Then the unlit of Ungoliant rose up even to the roots of the trees, and Melkor sprang upon the mound, and with his black spear he smote each tree to its core, wounded them deep in their sap, poured forth as it was their blood, and was spilled upon the ground. But Ungoliant sucked it up, and going from tree to tree she set her black beak into their wounds, till they were drained. And the poison of death that was in her went into their tissues and withered them, root, branch, and leaf, and they died. And still she thirsted, and going to the wells of Varda, she drank them dry. But Ungoliant belched forth black vapors as she drank, and swelled to a shape so vast and hideous that Melkor was afraid. 
That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's cool. Um, so keep going. Okay. So they steal the Silmarils. Feanor is like, if he wasn't angry enough to begin with, he's like through the roof angry because they stole his Silmarils. This is what he created. So he swears vengeance on Melkor. I'm going to chase him down. I'm going to go to Middle Earth. And he asks the Teleri, who are living, remember the sea elves are living in Valinor. He asks them, can I take your ships to go to Middle Earth? He probably didn't ask so politely, but uh, he asks nonetheless, and they say no. Uh, so Feanor sees this as a huge problem, a huge insult. He declares battle on the Teleri, saying, well, if they're not going to help me, then they're my enemy. He declares battle, steals the ships, and kills a bunch of the Teleri. So this mm. is the first time that anybody's killed anybody, an elf has killed anybody. This is this is huge. It's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um and it's really sad. So th- that's that's what happens. Okay. So he sails back. By this point, the sun and moon have been created, um, and the men awake. Okay. They're sleeper agents. I get you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. But we're not going to hear. This is just mentioned. So we really don't hear much about the men for a few more chapters. So it's just like, hey, by the way, the sun and moon are lit. Men are awake. So the elves awake with the stars. Men awake with the sun. Um Oh, I found out why you were right about Morgoth's name turning to from Melkor to Morgoth. Ah, it says then, uh, Feanor rose and lifted up his hand before Manwe. He cursed Melkor, naming him Morgoth, the Black Foe of the World. And by that name only was he known to the Eldar ever after. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There we go. So you go. So technically, now speaking, we wouldn't call him Melkor. Melkor. He's call Morgoth. Him Morgoth. Okay. I just struggle saying that. I don't know if it's like my. So I struggle saying Silmarillion, so I can't judge you. I don't know if it's like my Rhode Island accent that's coming, like more more goth. I can't like I don't want to say more goth. Like (laughs) he became more More goth. goth. (laughs) He wore really black baggy pants with lots of chains. He was more goth than he was before. (laughs) Stupid rubber bracelets. (laughs) Yep. Yep, he was more goth than he ever before. <laughs> he was the most goth of all the goths. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so, so Feanor, after killing a bunch of people, like a jerk, sails back um, and he battles the forces of more goth uh, and he dies. Feanor does. Feanor dies. Yeah. Uh, so, meanwhile... Fingolfin, remember him? He's another son of Feanor. Uh, he decides we just we're just going to go back to Middle Earth too, and they walk. He and his kindred walk across Hel Um I think I'm saying that right. I feel like there's a an R roll in in a lot of Tolkien's words. Hel H e l c a r a x e with the two dots. Yeah, with the e and the two dots, you have to say the e. Karakse. It's not Hel Helkaraxe. Helkaraxe. Okay. So Galadriel is part of this group that crosses over Helkaraxe, which is the the grinding ice in the north. So they take a long time on this journey. It's not fun. They're frozen. They hate every second of it. Um, But they're coming back to Middle-earth. So that's another chunk of the Noldor coming back. Um, So we said Feanor dies. And what ends up happening is the elves inhabit various regions in Beleriand. So Beleriand is this northern region uh, it's above Middle Earth. If you're looking at the map, Middle Earth is this little tiny chunk of land 
uh, in this grand scheme of a landscape. Uh, so Beleriand is this huge piece of land to the north, um, and it kind of it kind of abuts where <laughs> very much sure, Tim. Uh, it lies adjacent close to adjacent <laughs> to flush with uh, Morgoths. <laughs> I can't say it. Um, his his fortress area region. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're pretty close. I don't know why they they move so close to him. I wouldn't want to be neighbors with him, but apparently well, I, this is the place to be. I mean, think of you know men being right next door to Mordor. You know, just like this is true. Yeah, you know, it's just right over that ridge, right over there. <laughs> Seems so far, but it's so close. It's so it's close. Like... It's like. It's like a half hour drive in a car. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that bad. Yep. Uh, so they're in Beleriand and things happen. Uh, to me, this is like the boring part of the Silmarillion. I, th- I think the, the front half of the book is, is way more interesting than, than this section. Uh, this is kind of setting Why? the stage. I th- okay. This is sort of just setting the stage, I think, for other things to happen later on. Again, I only just got to the the real arrival of men things are happening with the men uh so i need to keep reading and see how these all connect uh so maybe it'll sound better or seem cooler later on so do you want to stop here at uh beleriand i mean it might be a good idea i don't know there's there's a couple more things that happen with the elves. It's really not that much okay so just so just tell us that bit and then you can go back and fill in the gaps with beleriand after okay yeah, well, that's so they're in Beleriand. This is the next little chunk that's just mm-hmm. concerning elves. Yep. And then okay. we're going to start to mingle. Elves and men are going to start to mingle. Uh, and, okay. And more stuff is going to happen. And so men have awoken. Yes. But like, where where are they hanging out? Are they I don't know. In, are they really in caves? Know. Like, I, I don't really know. They're not really. Like, the dwarves are awake at this point. The dwarves have been around for a while. Um, and and actually, when they're created, that the dwarves are created. Um, by Aule, who's the the Earth Valar, um, he thinks, "Oh, it'd be so cute! I'll just make these little dwarves, and I'll love them, and I'll teach them everything." And he kind of does it on his own accord, mm-hmm. and it's not really in line with Iluvatar. Iluvatar is like, well, "Why the heck did you do this?" And he said, "But, but the gr-. he was gonna like wipe them all out. He was gonna smite the dwarves out of existence." But Aule said, "No, no, I really love them." So. Iluvatar puts the dwarves to sleep and they awake later on. Oh, interesting. So okay. The dwarves have been around for a long time, but they wake up after the elves. So the elves and the dwarves have kind of been kibitzing okay. uh, for a while, but you really don't hear that much about them mm-hmm. in the Silmarillion, and you really don't hear that much about men until he has a chapter of men. So it's um, this little section that we're going to talk about right now about the elves. Um, there's, there's nothing to do with men. Okay. Tim's tapping at his watch. Okay, you didn't have to say that. That was just for you. Okay. But, like, I have to leave and, you know, (laughs) we have to wrap up this episode, so let's go. Okay. Uh, So the boring part, there's this guy, Turgon. Turgon is the son of Fingolfin. Um, So he builds a city called Gondolin. Who is one of the the three sons of Finway, people who are forgotten. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Turgon builds Gondolin. It's a really pretty place. Um, so Turgon is an ancestor of Elrond. So this is where that direct line comes in. We're not going to go into it, though, because it's confusing. But 
keep that in mind. Uh, Galadriel is now in Middle-earth. She hangs out um, with Melian, who is married to Thingol. So, uh, so she hangs out with Luthien's parents all the time. She tells Melian the news about the Silmarils uh, and that they exist. And Melian tells Thingol. Thingol's upset um, by all of these terrible things that the Noldor have done under the leadership of fin- uh, Feanor. And he just bans the language of the Noldor in his realm. So he he's just completely shuts them out. So Thingol has this little like forest fortress. It's kind of the place where people walk in, but they don't walk out or they're not allowed in. Like it's, it's very uh, cloistered. Uh, he likes his control. He doesn't want anybody else really ruining it. Um, so remember that, that girl that we were just talking about, Arethel, Arethel, Arethel. So that's Turgon's sister. Arathel, she wants to leave Gondolin. And, and they're like, no, 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 nobody's leaving Gondolin. It's safe here. Uh, but she, she wants out. She's she's just a wanderer. She's bored. So she gets out of there. She meets Aeol, who is a dark elf. He's kind of creepy. He marries her. He really likes being out at night and the darkness. He doesn't mm-hmm. like the sun or anything. Well, he's a dark elf, so yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, so he's, he's a little creepy. Um, he's really good friends with the dwarves. He kind of enchants her to be his wife, and she goes and marries him. They have a son, Maeglin, and she and Maeglin are cloistered away. Her husband hates her going out anywhere. He's freaked out by her leaving. Uh, She gets really tired of this lifestyle and takes her son back to Gondolin uh, while her husband is away. Her husband follows her, and um, he's, like, really super mad. Turgon, her brother, welcomes them back. Tells uh, Aeol, her husband, he's welcome if he stays because nobody leaves if they know the secret way into Gondolin. Um, this seems to be a theme. Lothlorien is like that too. They're like, you'll never leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody can see the way. And it's, it just seems to be a. Like you got to kill the time somehow yeah. when you're immortal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, nobody can come in. This is our own club. Um, Aeol throws a tantrum. He's saying, no way. I want to leave and I'm taking my wife and my son with me. Uh, and if you're not going to let me take them with me, then I'm just going to kill them. So he throws a poison spear at his son. Jeez. And his wife, Arathel, takes the hit and she dies. Whoa, you said this was boring. <laughs> I, well, the the lead up to it. Oh, okay. Mind you, this is Sparknote. So I read like 50 pages to get to this point of like, wow, something actually happened. That's a good point. Um, so Arathel takes the hit. She dies. They execute Aeol. They, like, throw him off a cliff or something. It's it's not very pleasant. Um, and Maeglin, meanwhile, is just hanging out, living life, uh, survives all of this. And he is in love with Idril, his cousin. And he wants her to be his own. But uh, the Noldor don't do the whole incest thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, ew, get away. You're my cousin. And he's upset about this. So, in quotations, an evil seed grows inside Maeglin. So he's just festering away, being really angry and mm. lovelorn. And that's the end of the little section on elves for now. Okay. The next section goes into uh, more of the history of men. Men. Okay. So we'll take a break and then we will be back, Mary. Thanks for coming back. Um, and doing more and doing more of the Silmarillion. 
Uh, and I know I have to look at the title every time and more goth. Um, so this has been great. Uh, you can find, you can find us on iTunes and Satchel and Overcast and Google play all the places that Tolkien TV talk podcast can be found. Uh, you are welcome to also go to thoughtbubbleaudio.com and check out all of our thought bubble audio shows, beer with geek, supergirl TV talk, Academy rewind, hate watch with us, uh, Starkville's house of L Krypton. You can also head over, uh, to patreon.com and check out and support our shows over there. Uh, you can find me at TimothyPG13 on Twitter. You can also write into this show particularly. You can do it on Twitter at TV, uh, Tolkien TV Talk or at Gmail or online uh, at Tolkien TV Talk. So, and that's about it from everybody. So it's goodbye from Mary. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Until next time. Fuck. You fools!